The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kuwale Agbayani, Paul Brecht, making the magic happen this morning, Tuesday, March 7th. Hope everyone is having a good day so far, uh, enjoying your morning. <sighs> Got a lot to talk about. We're talking a lot of football today, actually, as we are going to get to some University of Hawaii football. Here from quarterback Brendan Braden Shager uh, as they wrapped up their spring ball last week, Friday. So we didn't really touch on any of it um, yesterday's show, so we're going to definitely dive into UH football as Paul was also also out there for quite a few practices during this spring, and it's so crazy how fast like February just like came and went, and it's all over with already. But nonetheless, we still have to recap it as it is University of Hawaii football. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Also, get to some other things happening with the University of Hawaii, specifically with some all Big West honors going out for basketball. As well, yesterday, we got a chance to kind of talk to some of the players and coaches doing a, a little media or an Zoom media scrum yesterday <laughs> as both teams are in Las Vegas getting ready for the Big West Conference tournament happening this week. That we did talk about yesterday. We'll get into more details definitely as we go along, as I do leave for wonderful Las Vegas today. Uh, tomorrow morning, the plan is hopefully that I'll be doing this show. Well, either way, I'll be doing the show remotely. So in Las Vegas, so I'm not going anywhere. I'll miss you guys too much. So um, I'm still doing my show remotely from Las Vegas, whether that be in my hotel room tomorrow morning or on campus at UNLV at NFL Pro Day, as UNLV is hosting Pro Day tomorrow. Uh, Keiki Misipeko, one of the UH coaches, will be there, and Roman Sopolu, I think, will be there as well. So we're still trying to make sure logistically... I can do it. I'm still working with the university as it is kind of like a last minute request. Um, so fingers crossed, you know, that it'll happen. I've That will be another thing to add to the bucket, bucket list of or the non-existent bucket list, though, of places that I have broadcasted this show from. So I've already done the show remotely in Las Vegas before, but... If it's at somewhere super awesome and cool, like NFL Pro Day, that will be just like an elevation of, hey, look at this other place that I'm doing this show live from. And thank you to technology and the Internet and how you can take the Internet pretty much anywhere these days, because that's how we really make it happen. So, yeah. And if for some reason you guys do not hear me tomorrow morning something's wrong with the internet. <laughs> so let me just let me just throw that out there in case like I'm building this all up like I'm going to be in Las Vegas doing my show. Don't worry, we won't miss a day. We'll be there remotely tomorrow through Friday. Uh, but since I do get in like around midnight tonight in Las Vegas, hopefully that that will leave enough time for me to at least test the equipment in the hotel room, which we've never had a problem with before. But I don't have time to test the equipment like on campus. I'm going to try to, it depends what time they let me come to you and if they let me go to UNLV and set up what time they let me get there. And uh, yeah, all the troubleshooting that has to go 
with it. So again, fingers crossed that we'll be out there. But in the event that you do not hear me tomorrow morning, uh, that is why. There was something wrong with the internet. (laughs) And it's not because I was hungover or anything. (laughs) Let me just put it out there. And I already know tomorrow's going to be early in a long day. The Rainbow Wahine game is also tomorrow. So no games for the UH today. But uh, tomorrow the women play and Thursday are when the men play in their quarterfinal round. So albeit wish me luck <laughs> good luck <laughs> <laughs> again i got the itinerary for pro day so either way we will i will make it out there so if i'm not able to broadcast this show from pro day i will make it there after but i got the itinerary for um that day in general that it will so the registration for the players starts at 10 uh, my show would actually obviously start at 10 a.m. Vegas time. So if I'm not able to be there, then I'll probably head down when all the position workouts start. So that's at 12 p.m. Vegas time. So it's I'll get out when, after the completion of the show. I'll be able to to head down there and yeah, make sure you guys follow us on social media at High Sports Radio because that's where I will keep everyone updated. This was the interesting thing I saw when I they I opened up this itinerary is that on this pro day itinerary at UNLV, so they have obviously check-in, you have all the measurables that they take, you have the 40-yard dash, broad jump, three-cone test uh, on the practice field, and then they have the position workouts at noon. And then at one, though, they have the Wonderlic test, which I thought they got rid of. So I'm kind of confused that the Wonderlic test is on. Wonderlic test is basically your your average IQ test. They've had it for years in the NFL Combine just to, again, it's just another statistical thing that they can add into evaluating players. But they did away with it, at least I thought. So to see it on the pro day itinerary, I was kind of surprised. Am I right? They got rid of it, right? I thought so, but (laughs) I I guess I'll have to do research as well because I I agree. I I wholeheartedly thought that it was gone because I had stopped hearing about it for a while. And like you said, it's another one of those numbers that it it seems kind of ridiculous that it's like, oh, the teams are, you know, all over this. But it it is a number that in the past a lot of of teams have looked at. So I'm curious if there were some teams who are like, hey, you know, let's let's make it a judgment call. Let's make it. Oh, if the players want to participate in that, if the player, like, I don't. Maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know. I'll see. Hopefully, I can find out more information and ask an official tomorrow. Because, yeah, that was the kind of surprise when I opened up this itinerary. Is that the Winterlick test was on there? But you're right. Yeah, maybe it's optional. Maybe just like the combine and just like pro days. Well, I guess specifically the combine that we talked about. It can only um help. A lot of these players draft stocks, as we saw with uh, Yoshivash, the wide receiver out of Punaho, it helped him going to the combine. So maybe the Wonderlick test for some is just a means to help certain players because to prove, I don't know, their IQ and how smart they are. I don't know. It's, But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to ask an official tomorrow as to why it's on here because... So yeah. I, I just looked it up um, and this is updated as of less th- or no, 10 days ago, 10 days ago. Um, in the lead up to the NFL draft, players traditionally undergo the Wonderlick test, but the NFL has now announced that they will be getting rid of the Wonderlick test so that clubs can better evaluate their prospects. Uh, Troy Vincent, who is a NFL exec, um, he's the executive vice P- or VP of the NFL. Um, he's called it, quote, an overall audit of the assessments and uh, 
requote, frankly, it's been an outdated process, which, once again, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there are much better ways to figure out um, intelligence yeah. than a, a stupid wonderlick test. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, maybe for pro days, maybe they got rid of it at the combine specifically and they're still keeping it around at pro days. Either way, I'll find it, obviously, and we're not going to like take guesses when I can just ask somebody tomorrow, hopefully, uh, as, yeah, like I said, my fingers crossed that we will be able to do this show remotely from UNLV for the NFL Pro Day. But speaking of the NFL, we brought up a couple of things yesterday as in terms of contracts uh, with Derek Carr. He is going to the New Orleans Saints, so he's going to be over there. Also, Geno Smith got a good sweet deal, three-year, $105 million deal with the Seahawks. Well-deserved. I mean, he was kind of like the shocker for everybody, that comeback player of the year. Um, and yeah, he, he deserves it. A couple of the things, though, seeing this quarterback market, I mean... Now you're talking, so they're, you know, it's around like 30-ish million dollars for each of them per year. But this brings the question because it's been kind of before all of this stuff was happening, what is going to go on with Giants quarterback, you know, Daniel Jones? And come on, Daniel (laughs) Jones needs to be honest with himself and realize he is not worth the same amount as Derek Carr. Or Geno Smith. Like yeah, yesterday to... <laughs> was a nightmare for De- or for Daniel Jones' yeah. I- agents because for weeks they're asking, you know, no way we're going below 45, 45, yeah. 45. No way we're going below 40. And then Derek Carr, who is a, a much more accomplished quarterback thus far than Daniel Jones, gets 38. Uh, and, and then Geno Smith, who had an amazing year last year as well, first Pro Bowl season comeback player mm-hmm. of the year. He gets $34 million. I, If I am the Giants and Joe Shane, <laughs> yeah. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm saying, no, you are not getting something where the annual average salary starts with a four, no shot. Yeah, but you're not worth it. And I always go back to what I've been going back to, like how many months now is that Brian Dayball, their new head coach, he is seems to be quite the quarterback whisperer as you see Josh Allen take a significant dip this season. I think a lot of that uh, can be attributed to Dayball not being there anymore. He goes over to the Giants and now Daniel Jones looks like this brand new quarterback. So to me, if I'm like management or ownership, I'm like, mm, how much is because Daniel Jones is some... $40 million a year talent or he's just now has the right coaches running the right plays. I'm going to lean more towards that because he's only been that way this past season. Again, when you got the new coaching staff in place, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think they should get a deal with him. They should keep him there. I mean, he shows that he can run the offense successfully, yeah. but come on now. You're not, you're putting that your price tag on just your personal talent and not your just being in the right situation. You cannot you cannot realistically look yourself in the in the mirror and say, "Hey, I am worth more than Geno Smith and Derek Carr. Give me the money." Well, he gets into Patrick Mahomes territory exactly. all of a sudden, and uh, you know, with all due respect to pro football player Daniel Jones. He is not in the same stratosphere as oh, no. Patrick Mahomes. No, no, no. And, and also, I think you bring up a really good point with the coaching staff in place for the Giants. Daniel Jones, up until this past year, a lot of people were talking about, are the Giants even going to bring him back? Yeah, are the Giants going to exactly. let him walk? 
And then all of a sudden he has this career renaissance. Uh, you have to, as a player, you got to look in the mirror and be like, okay, is this somewhere that I can afford to leave? You know, he saw that improvement last year. Mm-hmm. You get that payday because $36 million is nothing. That's right between Carr and Smith. That's nothing to, you know, shake your head at. $36 million and you get a chance to continue improving in a place where you know you're going to be the starter, you have a good rapport with the coach already. It just it would make sense for all sides to get something done, but especially for Daniel Jones and his side being that. Also, I don't know where he goes if he's not a giant. <laughs> yeah. Like at this point, where is he going? Who's going to want him again only one really productive year he's not the type of athlete that you see in Geno Smith and I don't think he's the type of quarterback like with arm and uh intelligence like to read the game as Derek Carr so yeah you're like uh if you're as you mentioned like you can't it was a nightmare for Daniel Jones yesterday but did you see all the stuff going on on Twitter about who your team visited with? Uh, I did. Aaron Rodgers. We will talk about that when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kule Ogbiani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Dan Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, uh, talking a lot of NFL as the new deals went down yesterday, but also one potential deal, uh, the news that, as Paul and I were talking during the break, that he woke up to, uh, Paul is a New York Jets fan. I still can't believe we have quite a few New York Jets fans. I feel like now with you, I might know more New York Jets fans than Chicago Bears fans here in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, we're outnumbered now, as I don't really know a whole lot of Bears fans here either, but I just, I just think that's funny. I'm like, another one, because uh, over at the Star Advertiser, uh, Stephen Sai is a Jets fan, and then over at another radio station, they he is also a Jets fan as well, and I'm like, Wait a minute. And now we have a Jets fan here. They're like all over the media. What's going on? My goodness. You're taking over. Pain <laughs> pain and fandom breeds good sports media, I guess. <laughs> Although this is kind of the uh, full circle moment. And it'd be kind of funny because our Kyle Galdera is a Green Bay Packers fan. And if you're wondering why I bring up that team as well, well, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers took a step closer to, or I guess a step further apart as they move towards their potential separation. Uh, Green Bay granted Aaron Rodgers a permission to speak to the New York Jets. Uh, there was some inkling around in the universe that that would potentially happen. And now they move that step forward. I think either way, it feels like Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. That's We kind of like had that relationship kind of spoiled for so long and it seemed like he wasn't happy and of course Green Bay if you're the ownership you're like well I'm not happy with you talking so much smack about us like you need to just go but yeah Aaron Rodgers giving permission given permission and did in fact speak to the New York Jets yeah so I say I told you I woke up to this I I guess that's not necessarily true because I saw last night pre-bed that Trey Wingo had tweeted out that Rodgers and the Jets had had discussions which of course broke Twitter for 
couple of hours <laughs> um or my my side of twitter for a couple of hours <laughs> yeah. um i actually kind of tweeted this out a couple days ago because we saw the saints create that cap space uh they were doing their restruct their usual restructures and i tweeted out i was like okay so it seems that car to new orleans and rogers to new york and it's funny you talk about you know come full circle you know how kyle's a packers fan my old broadcast partner back in new york was also a packers fan <laughs> um Where's all the Bears fans? Dang it. It's been a tough, tough look. Um, (laughs) But no, I I mean, it's a lot, right? It's you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But also, like you mentioned, the relationship on each side just seems to have continually soured over the years, Mm -hmm. especially these past couple. And I mean, let's take a look back. To, I mean, a long time, I know I'm asking, 15 years now. Um, but to 2008, when the Jets and Packers worked out a deal that sent Brett Favre to New York, you know, it, That's it's what, weird. That it's was time weird. is a flat circle yeah. type thing. That's where the part where I was like, when it first there were first rumblings about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the Jets, I'm like, wait a minute, is that even... Is, how is that happening? What timeline are we living yeah, in? Yeah, wait a minute. It, it, yeah, am I, it's deja vu. Like, literally, oh. all of a sudden, you see a Green Bay quarterback, one of the best to play for the team, going over to the New York Jets. I mean, he should have just I mean, went on to Minnesota. I was going to say, gonna is, this, is this going to be should a one-year trip? Stay and then in the division. And over and I know. takes over for Kirk in a couple of years? <laughs> I think this is a good situation, though. I mean, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is obviously not only a veteran, but also a very, very good veteran i would personally be happy that he the bears wouldn't have to face aaron Rodgers twice a year but i think it's a good situation for a young quarterback in zach wilson we were talking about it yesterday when it comes to you know we're coming up on the nfl draft and these quarterbacks are are young and we shared this we were in agreement where it's best when these young guys just coming fresh out of college are able to be on the patrick mahomes plan sit for an entire season behind another veteran so they can really take in, all right, this is how the speed of the game is. Let me learn for an entire season and really get my bearings. And then you'll be ready to get into the game instead of just, hey, here you go. College. Yeah, you did pretty good. Let me push you into the NFL see where, what you got, kid. <laughs> where every player that you're facing on defense is the best you have ever faced, no matter what team, no matter if you're playing like the Jaguars. Actually, the Jaguars were pretty good this season. The Jaguars of two, three seasons ago when they took a little dip, they're still like have the best players and you're putting all these young quarterbacks in there. The Jets had to do that with Zach Wilson. So maybe yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming in. Hey. Well, and Zach, when he went through that draft process as well, he talked a lot about how one of the players he models his game after, one of the players he's watched a lot of film of, is Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets had uh, joint practices in, I believe, uh, Zach's rookie season, or maybe it was last year, where Rodgers and Wilson were able to work together. And Rodgers said he liked some of the stuff that he saw from the kids. So I think if there is a chance for Zach Wilson to... I'll say survive in New York. (laughs) Uh, I know that's dramatic. But for him to have any type of career in New York, turn it around, I think the best chance for him would be if the Jets complete a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers plays one to two years, leads them to, you know, high level success. And then in a couple years, all of a sudden, Zach has learned behind one of the best players to ever play the position, somebody he's always looked up to. 
and he's seen success in front of him. So all of a sudden, this 21, 22-year-old kid, he's now this 24, 25-year-old young man, and he's completely changed or different. And of course, this is the, you know, dream scenario I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking no, if of. I were but... if I were a Jets fan, I because you're not that, the Jets aren't that far off. We saw that they have key players, all their, what was it? Competent quarterback Offensive play. and defensive, Please. like rookies of the year type of a thing that happened over there in the Jets. And then your running back is going to come back from being, or hopefully come back okay and yep. the same and didn't skip a beat from injury and it'll be yeah they'll be set up for success if Aaron Rodgers goes over there again as I'm just happy that he'll be out of the <laughs> NFC North so that the Bears See, don't have yeah, to because that's because no matter how awful you know like Devontae Adams goes like he leaves Green Bay and no matter how bad on paper the roster for the Packers look as long as Aaron Rodgers is there there's always a chance you. there's always a chance and as like the whole viral video where he was telling the fans <laughs> I, I own, you. own you i still own you and yes i am very realistic he does so get out uh, <laughs> preaching to the choir tom brady was my entire <laughs> oh, yeah. childhood so i get it oh my goodness go over please go away. leave <laughs> and then watch tomorrow i'm gonna wake up to like going to minnesota yeah, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> obviously that would never happen because they can't afford both those quarterbacks over there in oh. minnesota but that would just be hilarious now i would be curious um i kind of hope that a deal would get done like with the Jets, actually, the more I think about it, me leaving for Las Vegas because we saw a lot of like crazy action come in yesterday. Uh, this is via Ben Fox. He said yesterday the most popular NFL bets that went in at Caesars was the Saints to win the NFC South uh, yep. at plus 180. It went down to plus 130. So you see all that's how much action went in on there for the line to move that much with Derek Carr being the new quarterback in New Orleans. And also another significant odd change is that number two, again, popular bets, the Saints to win the Super Bowl. It went from 40 to one down to 30 to one. <laughs> These people are just are people excited. like, yeah, just people get on action at this point. Uh, and sometimes, you know, these are just your, your long shot stuff. You just want to ride out the season and see what happens. And also, number three was wide receiver Calvin Ridley to win comeback player of the year at 30 to 1 odds. So that went in as we didn't touch on it yesterday, but Calvin Ridley, who was suspended on March 7th, 2022 for violating the NFL's gambling policy, was officially fully reinstated uh, yesterday. So a lot of action going on there on Calvin, Calvin Ridley to win comeback player of the year that'd be a very interesting story it'd be really interesting and as you're sitting there or sitting there saying it I'm sitting here thinking and I I just kind of have a tough time thinking that he'd win it only because I think the NFL doesn't want to reward him (laughs) in any way shape or form like I know it sounds ridiculous and I talked about it with you yesterday how it feels almost disingenuous that the NFL has Uh, these suspensions for gambling and blah, 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 when all of a sudden you see, not just in the NFL, but all major pro sports leagues now in America, uh, the the push towards sports betting, it's a good thing to keep an eye on as this year or this next year goes on because how is the NFL changing or not changing its outlook on people within the league participating in sports betting yeah it's actually funny that you brought that up i was gonna um bring it up 
probably to close out the show, but I'll tease the subject a little bit, uh, where there was kind of a, a a big issue with Giannis Antetokounmpo, like different sport, but his uh, triple-double from one of the games, they changed the stat, which did affect a lot of prop bets. So, uh, but we'll get into detail of that coming up a little later in the show, wrapping up our NFL conversation for today. However, when you're looking at some of the future odds, so still we're talking about the draft earlier, not too much of a significant change. Bryce Young is still the favorite at minus 190 to go overall. CJ Stroud is right behind him at four to one. And Anthony Richardson is there at five to one. Again, this is to go first overall. So the odds makers are really confident that the Bears will trade away that top draft pick. And as they should, I mean, if they stay there, I will be very upset <laughs> because they don't need a quarterback. You might as well try to get picks yeah. back. Um, yeah. It's or- organizational malpractice if they oh stay God. at one without or with the opportunity to get yeah. multiple. Then picks. it'll just be like me having flashbacks and trauma from Ryan Pace being there. And it'll be like nothing is the same. I thought we got rid of that guy. So, again, looks like the odds makers do believe as well that the Bears will trade away that that top draft pick and Bryce Young will stay there as the number one overall as the only selection with minus odds Uh, the outright winner though hasn't really changed for the Super Bowl as no surprise the Chiefs these are odds via bet MGM by the way the Chiefs still the favorite at five to one odds to win the Super Bowl it'll be crazy right like going back to back still up there I mean I I can't think obviously they're like to go eh, back to back Eric Bieniemy is no like no big deal. I, well, every year they lose pieces. Yeah. You know, last year they lost Tyreek Hill and everybody was like, oh, they won't even make the play. Well, not everybody, but there were there was a lot of people who were like, oh, they'll struggle to make the playoffs. Third best team in their – shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I know. They won You're the like, Super what? Bowl. They have the best quarterback. And, I, I mean, we're seeing it again this year. Eric Bieniemy gone. Uh, yesterday they announced they're not going to tag Orlando Brown Jr., their left tackle, so he'll hit free agency. They might cut Frank Clark, so – uh, more challenges come in the way of the Chiefs. So I would assume that number is going to change at the top. Yeah, we'll see, though. But again, still the favorite, the Bills. I don't know why they continue to be. I talk about it all the time. I think the Bills' a successful run is officially over. and But they're still up there, along with the 49ers, as the other favorites to, to win the Super Bowl at plus 850. And the Bengals, the my secondary team, I guess I cheer for just because of a lot of sports cards investments uh, are there at nine to one. So and the Bears are all the way down. But that's why I'm curious to see how much these odds. So just to kind of put it out there in the universe at the moment, again, odds via BetMGM is that the New York Jets are at 18 to one, which isn't too far down to win the Super Bowl and we'll see so they're right there along with the Cowboys and the Ravens another interesting one that will be uh, that we'll pay attention to depending on what happens with Lamar Jackson Uh, so in Baltimore and again the Cowboys Tony Pollard getting the franchise tag yesterday so those three teams are right there at 18 to 1 behind the Bengals and the Eagles so it will be I'm curious to see how much of a line change we get should Aaron Rodgers officially go and become a New York Jet? And what happens with Lamar Jackson? You'll definitely see a change up between those teams. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, like I said, everything goes down in the next three days while I'm in Las Vegas. So I can have a little fun and get in on the action on some of these long shot uh, futures. I might have to go if if Aaron Rodgers 
goes to the Jets, I may have to put in a long shot futures bet on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. You're like welcome, the Paul. way you think. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll talk University of Hawaii football next on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You're listening to Wake Up in the Den with Kule Agbayani on the all-new Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all, the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht. Uh, man, just I'm getting all excited now. Like we were talking it like during the break that it's by all indications. It feels like a Aaron will be a New York Jet, and it will be perfect time, line up perfectly when I am in Las Vegas to put bets in. Woo! <laughs> more importantly for you, Aaron Rodgers won't be a Packer, it seems That's like. That's true. Either, that no matter true. what, it seems like it is Jordan Love time in Green Bay, which if I'm a Bears fan, or a Lions fan, or a Vikings fan, but if I'm a Bears fan, it is about... Time. So what you're saying is I am going to put a bet in for the Bears to win the NFC at 22 to 1. Now we're talking. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Let's go. 22 to 1. Bears to win the NFC uh, as it sits right now. Maybe it could change once Aaron Rodgers is officially gone. I don't know. But it'll be it'll be fun to see. The Packers, though, are still there at 14 to 1. Uh, the I guess the favorite out of the North and then the Vikings sit at 16 to one and the poor bears are all the way down over there. Where are the lions? Anywho, actually, sorry, my excuse me. The lions are ahead of the Packers, which I do enjoy the lions and I love Dan Campbell. Anyways. All right. Getting back to university of Hawaii football as spring practice had wrapped up last week and Paul was out there as well. But uh, first want to play for you. What is QB one? Again, this is good because now there is official QB1. He can take the always knowing that he is the guy, he's the starter. He can really form into the leader. I mean, it was happening last season, obviously, but it's different when you have like a full camp going in. And then once the fall starts as well, that you are the guy and practice that way. But this is what QB1 Braden Shager had to say after their final practice last Friday. Had a good spring ball, and then now it's time to get into play around practices and, and workouts and get in good shape and uh, just, just get ready for the season at this point. So you've been kind of the leader in the offseason workouts there and gathering people. What's, what's the plan for, for you? Uh, I think it's important just to continue to get guys out there throwing, continue to have those group texts where we're just always hanging out off the field, on the field, continue to build that bond. So I think that'll be big as we go into the offseason, and uh, it'll, it'll carry over to the season for sure. Where did you see kind of the biggest growth over the last four weeks for the offense? Uh, I'd say the timing with the quarterbacks and the receivers. I think that you can see that all across the board we've done a better job just getting the ball out on time and kind of understand what the receiver's going to do without, you know, being able to talk to them when they're running their routes. So uh, it's just it's good to see that chemistry continue to develop. Asked Coach Orsua yesterday about what the biggest thing for the wide receivers is going to be in this, and it's all about trust. How much is trust going to be with your wide receivers more so because it's all about eyes and making sure you guys are on the same page? Yeah, no, for, for me, I mean, I got to trust that the receivers are going to be in the right spots at all time. I mean, they, they have the option to run a lot of things, so it's, it's important to just kind of be on the same page and, and have the faith in those guys that they're going to go up and make plays for us. We'll start of 
uh, winter slash spring ball to now, how would you rate your own grasp of the run of shoot that you guys have been I'd definitely say I've came a long way. Uh, I think that coming from the beginning, it was a little frustrating at first, you know, kind of throwing the ball and guys are in the wrong spots. But I think that we're starting to develop and, and get uh, get on the same page. So that's been good. You know, uh, the defense has been, you know, very vocal and very kind of spirited throughout these uh, last four weeks. Uh, for you, you know, what does that do for uh, for you and the offense, just going out uh, against them every single day these last couple practices? And, you know, what does that do for you guys as far as um, getting a look? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, those guys, I mean, Logan's got them riled up every single day. They're always over there talking, uh, and, and it's it's awesome because that's what it's going to be like on Saturdays. So uh, we're definitely prepared for all the all the rah-rah, all the noise that they do, and uh, I think that's great. I think that they'll intimidate other offenses by doing that, but I think we're kind of accustomed to it now, so uh, that's really helped us. And, you know, uh, you guys started spring in, in February, so you know, earlier than, than most programs, you know. Talk about kind of the advantages of that, just being able to get out um, – and get these practices in early, and now you guys can have an extended period now for these off-season, you know, play around practices. You know, kind of talk about those advantages and how you guys are going to utilize this, you know, kind of extra time before fall camp. Yeah, I think the early it kind of just laid the platform for uh, for what we can build on with play around practices and continuing to get workouts and uh, just get guys in shape. And then all the guys that got banged up, they'll be able to get back in time. So uh, that's the benefits of doing it early, and uh, really just with this putting in this new offense, I think it's big as well, just laying that platform gone through now four weeks with the group on offense who are some people that players that maybe stuck out that you saw really big growth from uh i thought that steven mcbride and uh, Jalen walthall did a really good job of continuing to get better and uh, you can see wally and a lot of those receivers uh, have done a really good job um, just continuing to grow i think that the whole receiver room as a as a, as a group has gotten a lot better and then you have uh devin and, and landon and those tight ends doing a good job as well Obviously, Timmy was involved with the offense last year, but it's been so much more. What's your uh, kind of relationship been with him these last four weeks, and how have you seen it kind of grow? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot different now because he's in the quarterback room with us all the time, so that's been good. You know, just kind of hearing from them, him, and obviously he was one of the best to do it, so it's good to learn from him and uh, kind of have him teach the run and shoot to us. So uh, it's continued to grow uh, with me and him, and I think that we're just getting on the same page, and that'll continue to happen as we have uh, a lot more time until the season. What is it like for you to get kind of help from alums as well? I mean, you've worked with Dan, right, in the offseason. Yeah. Getting a little more, I guess, help with from alumni as well? Yeah, they brought a, a lot of a lot of guys in here. I, I worked with Dan which uh, in Dallas, which was awesome. And obviously he had a great repertoire of who he's coached with Timmy and uh, Colt. So it's really cool to hear from him. And he kind of was just teaching me the same way that he taught them. Uh, taught them. So it's really cool to hear from him and uh, still stay in touch with him. And again, that was QB1 for the University of Hawaii, Braden Shager, following their final spring practice last week, Friday. Uh, as I mentioned, Paul was out there at quite a few practices during the spring. He did do a full recap from week four. You can check that out at hawaiisportsradio.com. Um, but yeah, Paul, we were just talking to it while that interview was going on oh by the way shout out to some of the other voices that you hear on there we got star advertiser steven sai alan hoshida from khon2 brian mcginnis from spectrum news and kyle chinen from hawaii news now that's usually the voices that you'll hear when we play some of these things from the media scrums as 
uh, they're the ones kind of like asking the questions and whatnot. So I always got to make sure I was like, oh, wait, I got to give a shout out to the voices. And of course, you guys will know when you hear brother Rob DeMello as well from <laughs> KHON2. He's probably has the most recognizable voices here in Hawaii sports. So he's the man that needs no introduction, but also got to give him a shout out just in case because they, they he does all, his thing. They're so awesome. <laughs> yeah. too. Like I, I, I'm glad you gave him a shout out. They do such good work uh as well and a lot of the content that we get um is through their help as well whether not even in just the questions but also just their support they're they're real awesome yeah glad, uh, and i'm glad, glad you got to, to like them. start working with everybody out there and seeing everyone during the spring uh gotta actually take a break but when we come back we will uh, kind of go through some of the sites and observations off out Throughout the spring, also kind of take a look at some of the the unofficial depth chart as well. When we come back to wrap it up on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Taylor Swift dance party! Dance party in the den this morning. Uh, shake it off. Shake, shake everything off. I got to shake off any bad luck I have flying out to Las Vegas today. And yeah, we'll see what kind of breaking sports news there is when by the time I land. But usually every all the deals would have happened by now because everything is kind of like on East Coast time. So I don't know. It'll probably, if, if anything major is going to happen, it will happen before I leave. So I don't really anticipate anything to happen like from what time is my flight? 3.50 and landing at 11.30 or something Vegas time. So any big news will happen before that, but at least I'll know. All right. Ready to put in bets. Well, sports books would be closed. Oh, no, but you can bet mobile. They make things so dangerous now. (laughs) (laughs) can bet on your phone and everything. Anyways, getting back to UH football as we started that discussion before the break and heard from QB1 Braden Shager. Uh, Speaking of the quarterback position, so obviously Shager is clearly the guy. And so, and Timmy Chang also said that as well in a lot of the uh, questions and answers with the media. But Redshirt Jr. Joey Yellen has been the primary backup quarterback and redshirt sophomore Jake Farrell is fighting for that second spot so still it's more of like a battle now between the rest of the depth chart where Braden's up at the top and Joey Yellen and Jake Farrell are kind of over there what did what did you kind of see when it came to the quarterbacks and the quarterback reps uh, yeah, it definitely was a lot of QB1 reps for Braden Shager uh, which it should be I think he had himself he we saw him consistently improve down the stretch last season, and as he continues to work and get better and better, and he also gets more and more comfortable in this run-and-shoot offense, I think we'll see him uh, really put his arm talent on display. I think he's got a really big arm, and that's something that can help this Hawaii offense be super explosive come next fall. Um, but like you mentioned, a couple of pretty good backups between uh, Farrell and Yellen going back and forth with those second and third team reps. Um, they did pretty well throughout camp. Everybody, uh, had to deal with some not so pleasant elements at times. It was, uh, <laughs> very rainy, very windy. I know. It's uh, just like, when is this rain and wind going to oh, go away? Crazy. Where's our, bring back our Hawaii weather, please. <laughs> but, um, a lot of times you see these players making 
or players, these quarterbacks, making throws through the rain, through the wind, and not a lot of times you're seeing the ball wobble like a duck. Uh, so I, I thought that was impressive, something good to see. So you have some depth behind. I also do want to give a shout-out to Jonah Chong, uh, who he he's a local uh, mm-hmm. local boy, Hawaii graduate, uh, and he's you know young guy, young quarterback in that depth chart we haven't mentioned. I thought he had himself a really nice spring camp, uh, albeit with you know the third and fourth string offense. I thought he had himself a nice camp, and he's somebody that you know you keep an eye on down the future. And perhaps once Shager is gone, maybe Chong gets a, an opportunity because I I really did like the way. Not just the way he was throwing the ball, but the way he was processing quickly with the run and shoot offense was it, it was very good. So I think the offense, um, obviously, there's room to grow. There's oh, yeah. a lot of 100%. stuff to get used. to. I mean, to. even on the offensive line, there were you know injuries mm-hmm. being without some some guys that are more of the veteran guys that really didn't participate much. So like on the offensive line, not getting those stuff in. So I mean, not seeing even that because. I've mentioned it time and time again, and I'm I'm one of those firm believers of the game is one in the trenches type of thing. So shoring up our offensive and defensive line is huge. But again, we've been the, in the spring and there's been a, some injuries some significant injuries with the veteran players. And there we still have to wait for some of the new players to come in that they, they had signed. So. Ooh, I'm getting chicken skin just talking about it, like getting all excited about the upcoming right. season and and now fully practicing and committing to the run and shoot. Because like we said, last se- at the end of the last season, they started to implement it and it seemed like it started to work. And that's just kind of learning it mid-season. But now you have the spring and obviously to start off the fall, you're going all into the run and shoot, your, your whole team, everyone transferring in and new guys like, new freshmen will come in and we'll just go full full force into the run and shoot and again Braden Shager just will continue to get better um I still you know he still has a long way to go until we can see him like as a Cole McDonald by you know of a recent take but yeah he can only go up from here yeah and one thing I wrote about this you mentioned the uh, recap I did on camp and I I mentioned it in the article how last year it kind of felt like the Bows didn't have this identity. They mm-hmm. were kind of figuring out who they were uh, in Coach Chang's first year. And Tim Only Chang's the defense had an identity. Right. The defense were like, they showed up. but then there, And then there were games where they somehow couldn't tackle. So right. it was kind of funky with the defense. They, When they were on, they were on. On, they were impeccable. I mean, you know, they always talk about like just being lions and that that's what they were. Uh, but then there were some games, I think it was actually like that New Mexico State game, you know, the first time Hawaii has ever lost to New Mexico State where you, they just could not tackle to save their life. But now they're also shoring up the defense in that secondary. I mean, Peter Manuma, he was the standout freshman He's on that, yeah, on defense. And now just like, all the other young players, you're only going to get better every year. They bring in Cam Stone from Wyoming, who shut down Hawaii when Hawaii played Wyoming. So you're just bringing in all these new players, and there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, and as I mentioned, uh, creating that identity, finding that identity. Well, of course, I do mean that offensively as well. You know, uh, the run and shoot offense mm-hmm. is historic here in Hawaii uh, for many, many reasons, especially 
uh, the current head coach yeah. of, uh, was very successful. Yeah, he had a decent career uh, running that offense. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> uh, but So they have that identity on offense. They can commit to that. They're not kind of figuring that out. But like you mentioned, with defense, they're, it was already a pretty good group last year. You saw the athletes, and you saw them continuing to improve. But like you mentioned, they brought in some really exciting transfers, some really exciting recruits where – the athleticism on the defensive side of the ball goes up. And when that happens, you create more turnovers. And Hawaii could pick the ball off. They could, you know, mm-hmm. force fumbles last year. But when you are able to really win that possession battle, when you're able to win creating those turnovers, it's a it's a big-time thing. And this offense, the run-and-shoot offense, can put up a lot of points quickly. So if you have a defense that complements that as well, it uh, could be a really fun fall uh, into the winter for the Bows. And we have just a couple of minutes left. So I want to know, because I didn't, obviously, I wasn't able to go out to practice because it's I'm here speaking to all of you beautiful people. But I need to know how my guy, my favorite player from last season, uh, sophomore running back Tylen Hines, looked in practice. I mean, he was, I mean, he was behind Dudrick Parsons last season, but I always go back to, I'm like, Tylen Hines, I just love, I mean, we talk about the draft and the 10-yard split. Like, this kid just has, like, this insane, like, bursting speed, and he's so fun to watch with the glimpses we got of him last season. I mean, how was he looking this spring? He looked good. Um, Working with the first-team offense, obviously, and like you said, he's somebody who can add another level to this Hawaii offense where uh, what he brings in the running game, what he brings with his speed, uh, can open things up, especially as you see them run or or play within this run-and-shoot offense. Um, we talked with the coaching staff in the beginning. Um, and I've also, I've reached out to some friends within the college coaching world to see what the thoughts are on the run and shoot. And a lot of times the answers that came back were you have to be able to run the football as well. If you want the offense to be good, if you want Mm -hmm. the offense to be able to run as it's going to. So if Heinz can continue his growth, if the backfield can continue their growth, if the wide receivers continue their growth, it's going to be really impressive. But Hines had himself a nice spring. He's going to only continue improving as he gets more comfortable in this offense. It's almost like the reverse uh, Alabama, right? Like Hawaii, the run and shoot is traditionally known, and Hawaii fans get excited with the passing game. But then, you know, if you add in a strong running game, that only helps kind of like, like I say the reverse Alabama, because for a long time, Alabama was known for their running game, then their running backs and being strong on the run. And then now they started to bring in quarterbacks and start to pass as well bring in talented receivers and now it's just added showing up like all these options that you can have so because if you have multiple options you know it's hard to defend it which is why Timmy Chang even though we're run and shoot he still has his recruiting and going heavily on with the tight end position which isn't normally or wasn't normally worked into the run and shoot so and they said it from the beginning, if you can uh, define it, then you can defend it. So I think there's a lot that we can be excited about with Rainbow Warrior football. But again, go to HawaiiSportsRadio.com if you haven't read uh, Paul's recaps of the spring from last Friday. Also, shout out to WarriorAllAccess.com. They have a good uh, write-up as well when it comes to the depth chart. Well, been a fun show. Hopping on a plane later. Hopefully, we'll be speaking to you guys tomorrow from UNLV at NFL Pro Day. Fingers crossed for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Ugbayan. Mahalo for listening. Bye.